In therapy and in music, the baseline informs where we go to next. This is the show that examines the present state of music therapy and asks, where to from here? Welcome to Baselines with Joe Thompson. This podcast was made on the lands of the Darug people. Good morning and welcome to Baselines. My guest today is Tegan Sheedy Weinman. Tegan is a registered music therapist, neurologic music therapist, and music tutor currently practicing in regional New South Wales. She has run a private music therapy practice for four years and has recently opened a music school to better serve the local community. She acts as the regional representative for the AMTA New South Wales branch and is passionate about closing the gap of services available in regional and metro areas. I invited her on so that we could discuss a topic that has always been of interest to me, what it's like being a music therapist outside of the big cities. Tegan, welcome to Baselines. Thanks so much for jumping on. Can you just describe an average day in your week at the moment, please? I start off with a Monday. I, I work at um, this awesome uh, special needs school. I'm there all day. Tuesday, I travel um, out of town. I go to Young. Um, at the moment, I am doing like individual house calls, um, but soon going to be linking up with a bunch of allied health in in one hub, which is really amazing. Wednesday, I go back to the the special needs school, I do a couple of um, individual guys in the afternoon. Um, Thursday's pretty cool. Thursday, Friday, start mixing things up a little bit. So Thursday, um, go to a public school in the area, do a couple of group things, um, go to an adult centre as well, work with a couple of guys there, um, and then head on to well, – we've actually just opened up a music school, which is really awesome, but it's also been um, a base for um, not only my, my music – um, students and stuff like that, but anyone who I was doing a house call with in in the area can now come here as a base. We've got all the instruments there, and um, it's really awesome. And then Fridays, um, pretty much a, a similar thing there. So um, everyone comes to the school, and so I'm kind of here, there, everywhere, but mas- mostly in my hometown of Kudamandra. It's pretty cool. I mean, one of the main reasons that I wanted to invite you on was to talk about, yeah, just the experience of being a rural RMT. Um, which you've already outlined a little bit. And we'll get into the specifics, but can you just kind of talk in really general terms at first? What is unique, do you think, about being a region-based RMT? It's unique in the fact that there's only two in the Riverina right now, myself and Sophie Mason, who was based, um, based in Wagga. And we're like an hour and 10, hour and 30 minutes apart and then from there, there's like there's no one. So for us to establish anything we couldn't just go to to a company and just say, can I be a part of your crew? It was, okay, we we have to establish a business. We now have to get our own clients. Um, We have to, you know, advocate not only to um, other allied health people. Like I remember back in the day, I was like, how how do I do this? So I advocated for myself to an uh, an allied health group um, because they were wanting allied health, but, you know, music therapy wasn't on their, on their radar. 
and they just didn't get it at the point and which was completely fine you know um i think it's still taking people some time to understand what music therapy is and the potential benefits of it yeah so there's a heap of advocacy um whereas maybe in the city at least people might have heard of music therapy even if they don't know why it's valuable um, probably in the country, it just hasn't even appeared on anyone's radar in any form. 100%. Yeah, definitely. And I think the advocacy for the support co- coordinators as well. I remember even just for, you know, funding, for NDIS funding, I remember I had done a report. Someone had asked me for a report. I did a report, went through all the notions. And then a couple of weeks later, I said, did we get the funding? She said, well, not really, because, you know, music therapy is not a thing. And this was a client of mine. And I was like, huh, what? I was like, I don't understand. And I said, well, it is. And I actually started talking to her and she said, I had no idea. And so I realized, even though people had me as a service, they still truly didn't identify that music therapy was a thing they just thought you know speech and OTs and it wasn't a classified uh, an allied health profession so I remember after that conversation I went on and I researched and I got all the you know all those documentations that prove from all those people and all that stuff that we can get and I just sent it to that one client and also all the plan managers and support coordinators in the area and I just hey guys just so you know and I just said this is what it is this is what we do this is the proof to say yes we are qualified and we are under allied health um and the response from that was amazing and they were like wow thank you so much like we didn't know how to broach the subject you know, I forget sometimes people need educating and it wasn't, I didn't do it in a rude way. I just said, Hey, just so you know. Um, so I have them folders on my computer at all times. So if anyone has questions, I go, bam, here you go. Yeah. Far out. I mean, that would have taken both a lot of bravery, but also I guess a lot of patience, but yeah, it must've been an intimidating process to go through as well. Oh yeah, for sure. The whole reason I really wanted to bring music therapy to the country was because the lack of services. Um, when I was doing my student placement, I was here working at um, one of the places I work at now. Some of the students had been on a wait list for OT and speech for years. I'm talking years. Like that's, for me, that's just, you know, not acceptable at all. So a lot of the time when I was a service to someone, I was actually the interim. I was while I wait for this service, I'll just have music therapy. And then through that process, they were like, oh, wow, the joy that my kid's getting or the the benefits that I'm actually now seeing, I had no idea. So now I'm not the interim. Now I am, you know, the, the service that they're wanting, which is absolutely amazing. But in the beginning, it was definitely um, having that conversation and also being okay that, okay, people may not know and that's completely fine but let's just show them. That's quite interesting hearing you talk just about the the dearth of opportunity and access to services. Not ideal for for the people who need services, but it means that there's plenty of work for you to get stuck into. Yeah. I started off with one client and she was a family friend um, and she'd always been waiting for me to finish. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew. And from there and also from my my prac, I pretty much – you know, I've got this great, great school who worked hand in hand with myself and um, advocated for me. And we got a couple of kids. You know, for many years I worked both within the city and within rural. But I was always gaining, I was always gaining students and I was always gaining clients. And I was like, wow, this is really growing. And I had no idea. Now, skip, you know, three, four years. 
um, when COVID started, I still was working at St. George Hospital um, in the mental health unit. However, we, you know, my wife and I made the decision it's time to move back to Cooter. It was a safer option for us. You know, I've got family here and we didn't want to bring COVID to the area. It's a very much a um, older population town and that wasn't the one thing we were going to bring back. So we made the decision to move back here full time. And I remember at the time that was a really scary thought. And I think within a month, I was completely booked out. So I was really worried financially, like, okay, how do I make up that money? How do I support my family? I went back to I went back to work, and I had a couple of a couple of kids who either moved out of town or just didn't show up to school, or just certain things happened, and and they weren't on my radar anymore. And I went, crap. Okay, not a problem because you know certain things. I don't like to be the person who thinks financially. However, I'm you know, I'm really sick. I've got, you know, bills to pay. Um, all these things in my life that are happening. So I go, okay, well that, that was not in my budget. Within a week, I had four clients again. No, it's just significant to show that you can do it. Like it is possible. Like when I was um, studying the course and we were in the same year that I was living in the regions at that point, I was on the South coast of New South Wales, as you know. And I asked one of the, the lecturers, like, is it possible to be a music therapist in a rural area, um, I was so scared. I just, I didn't really have anyone to, to speak to who'd gone through that experience. Um, and uh, so just to, just for anyone who's in the position of coming from a regional area um, to do music therapy, to hear that your experience is that, yes, it's very possible and um, it, it, it can, <laughs> it can go well. Like you can pay your bills. It can be a, a, um, a, a viable life choice. Um, I think that's like such an important piece of information for people to hear just, just in its own right. Let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges, though, perhaps as a, as a music therapist being in, being in the country. Um, one thing that you've already touched on is travel. And I just wanted to really briefly um, pull out a fact from you that I know, which is um, when you're studying to be a music therapist, you had to do some pretty significant commute times. I don't even know. I look back at it now and go, how on goodness earth did I do that? Yeah. Um, the decision for me was I lived in Kudamundra. And I travelled to uh, yeah Sydney for the Wednesday, and came back on the Wednesday night. So I would get on the train from Cootamundra at like one thirty in the morning. Wow. We would get into Central at like uh, I don't even know six or seven, whatever it was. But I'd get ready on the train, and then from Central I'd go straight to uni, do my thing, um, and then I would yeah that night I would just catch a train to central and get on the train at nine o'clock at night and get back at two o'clock in the morning. Um, and then I would, I would start my, my, my working week again. So it was over 24 hour period for you just to get door to door, uh, with uni in the middle. It's, um, yeah, it shows commitment. Is that one of the only challenges that you face? Um, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the, the main ones. Um, I haven't necessarily worked in the city. So knowing the challenges between where I am to, to the city, um, but, um, traveling and not only myself as well, but other, other allied health in the area, we travel around. It's what we do. Um, and, and, you know, for other people who need different services as well, they have to get external people to come in, um, 
unfortunately, sometimes that means they have to travel out. So it could be, you know, an hour and a half or even sometimes, you know, people go to travel to Canberra for, for assessments and stuff like that, which is, which is, you know, um, crazy. That's the, you know, two, two and a half. It's a full day for, you know, for people. Um, for myself, I'm quite lucky. The most I'm, I'm driving is about, um, yeah, 45 minutes to an hour. I was doing work in, um, Wagga, which that was coming, going there and coming back was about three hours. Um, but again, like we've talked about, um, business has grown since then and certain things have just changed. Um, I'm predominantly now here based in Kudamandra, but that doesn't mean I'm not getting call outs from other places. I do, you know, I do do, um, go to young right now. Um, but like I said, you know, Harden's calling, but there's, there's always a need like 100%. It doesn't matter where you are. There is always a need for services. Um, and I just wish there was more of me or more of us in the area. Um, you know, it's a beautiful place. If anyone wants to move out here, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually that's something worth talking about. I mean, I used to be a bit more involved with the MTA and I was aware at that point that there's a need for music therapists in so many parts of the country, even some of the other capital cities like Adelaide or Canberra. Um, It's something that we should be thinking about. Hey, how do we get music therapists training and then coming out to work in places like Kuda, places like Dubbo, Wagga? Well, I don't know, Joe. like how did, so for me, finding out about music therapy was literally through a high school teacher. I remember I went, the whole reason I wanted to do this job was I went and saw the musical Wicked. I came back to, I came back to my high school. I was in high school at the time and I was talking to my music teacher, um, Clint Perry, and I just said, how on earth did that music make me feel the way I did? And I was just like, this is nuts. Like, I don't know. Like, how can I use music like this for benefit for other people? And he simply said, have you heard of music therapy? And that was it for me. That, that, that was simply it. I was in high school. And I went, okay, cool. Whatever I have to do, I've got to do this. But that was my story. But what, what about you? I don't know. Like, did you hear about it from somewhere? Because I think that here no one knows what it is because no one talks about it. But, you know, is, is that the same in the city? I don't know. I had a similar-ish experience that I, um, I had a conversation with an older school student when I was in high school who just started training to become a nurse. And I went home to my family and said, I think I want to be a nurse too, even though I was like mainly interested in music. And But yeah, my mum was just like, oh, well, let's look at the careers book that I've got handy here, which was lucky. And we found music therapy in, a, in a, like a careers handbook. So, yeah, I mean, there are there's heaps of ways of finding out about music therapy which aren't limited to living in the city. Um, I mean, anyone who trains in music therapy it does so, um, like, kind of goes against the grain, I think, um, when they do that. Like, it's a bit of a – it's a pretty unique path to tread, right? But I guess that's even more the case when you're coming from a place like Kuda. Oh, for sure. I was lucky, however, though. We, I, I came to Western Sydney University with a mate um, and we, we did high school together. We knew we wanted to do music together and we applied at the same time. We went through the whole course together. Um, so we just did, you know, our Bachelor of Music, not knowing that um, Noro was on campus. So when I realized this, I, I went up to them and said, hey, this is what I've wanted to do. Can I just, 
you know, sit in on a couple of sessions and actually say, is this, you know, really something I want to do before I actually go into my master's and blah, blah, blah. They said, yeah, 100%, let's go. So um, I remember I just did a little bit of um, observing there and I just walked out and went, yeah, this is sick. Do you think there are particular needs which a rural community has, which a metropolitan community doesn't have? I don't necessarily think that the needs of people are different. I think it's just the way of life here is different. In the city, and I worked in the city um, as an RMT, um, it was very fast-paced. It was very, um, you know, people people know this, you know, city life's a rural life, country life. Um, it's very slow here. It's very chill. Yeah, that's the difference. Like, you just, I'd be really curious to know how someone like you would go doing what you're doing compared to someone who's grown up in suburban Sydney and lived their life, done their training there, who suddenly moves to a place like Cootamundra, whether they would um, have a different experience to you, whether that might be they would be um, less well suited to the work that you're doing. I've had, um, I haven't necessarily had RMTs, but I've had students. Um, I remember a friend actually joined me for my placement and she had done other placement before within Sydney and then she came down here and did placement with me just to get some hours. And, um, you know, she loved it. I think within my practice I am very flexible because I know all of these people and and I know the organisations I work with. So if something comes up, we work really well together and we just go, oh, bug up but you know we just we just flow with it we work with it you know we don't let things you know um get in our face if an appointment you know has to stop early for a reason or if you know something comes in and and I just have to go crap I've got to I've got to quickly run home I've got to do this I've got to you know it doesn't matter what it is people are literally so chill here and we go yeah that's cool I'll I'll see you in an hour that is quite different but that actually is an interesting segue into something else that I was going to get to, which was like self-care and professional development. Obviously, there's less opportunities for like supervision where you are unless you do the Zoom thing. Um, But maybe like self-care is less critical because the environment is just more naturally nurturing both in the, the... the, the culture of the community, but also the, the environment that you find yourself in? Um, I really think that that depends on the person and how much you're working. Um, I was getting to a point where if I wasn't burning out twice a term, I was like, I'm not working hard enough. And I was like, Tim, that's really not a great mindset. <laughs> so probably not the best. I'm actually super bad at self-care. I know how important it is and I know what I can do for myself for my self-care. I know what works for me. Um, my wife is super good at pulling me up and saying, we're going away. And I go, really? And I go, I just got to do a little bit of work. And she's like, put your laptop down. We're not doing it. And then after the trip, you know, I'm so grateful and thankful and and it's amazing and, and stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's super important. I really, really do. I do know I need to work on it myself more, but, you know, these are the things that happen and I'm just grateful that I have people in my life who pull me up on these things as well. Yeah, and what about, like, professional development? It's obviously probably harder to access that as well. Goodness. Yeah, that's a massive thing and I think we've, you know, discussed this before. I think it's so important. Um, It's super difficult um, out here for professional development. Um, The only real thing at this point that we're doing is 
you know, Zoom stuff or just online videos and stuff like that, which um, probably is not the best. Um, Every once in a while when, you know, we get something together, I might meet up with, you know, Sophie. But in saying that, it's been four years and I've done that, what, once or twice. I can't even remember. But in saying that, I also have not necessarily professional development, but I have people on call that if something happens, I know who I can call and, you know, get advice or if I'm like, I'm, I just feel like I could do better in this particular thing. What what do you suggest? It's good that you've got that group of people to have on call when you need it. Um, and I suppose one of the specific challenges of being uh, more isolated is that that's something that you have to have in place before you start working because you won't start to, you won't just bump into people at like shared conferences or something like that, or in your multi music therapy team. I guess it's critical that you, you've, you've, you've got all your contacts and stuff ready to go um, while you're doing your training and stuff. For sure. I think it's so vital um, to, to have that support system as well. Um, I think it's absolutely great. I do have a great allied health support system here and if something comes up, you know, I call them up but it is not the same as calling up an RMT Mm. because sometimes they just don't have that, you know, they're just not 100% knowing where you're coming from. Do you have a go-to therapy song that you love to use in your sessions when you get a little bit stuck? Shotgun. I don't know why but every single kid knows Shotgun. And they're just like, you know, to get them fully engaged straight away. And, you know, you're right, it is a catchy song. So um, that or um, even, you know, a great call and response is um, in the jungle. So what's one piece of advice you'd give yourself as a student RMT if you could go back and have a conversation with younger Tegan? Be confident in what you know. I wasn't, I wasn't super confident in what I knew. And it wasn't until I had a certain supervisor and he said, you're really bloody good at that. Um, and I went, oh, crap. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. And and, and him telling me that, um, and he said, you're really good at that. Work on that. You know, you can work on your other stuff, but you know you're strong at this, so go for it. What's your favorite thing about being a music therapist? I love when I get to make music with my kids or, or with my clients, um, you know, and when I just see them light up and when they are – you know, engulfed in it and I can see them just progressing and see them really, you know, when that light switches over and and you see them, you know, engaging and doing, you know, uh, achieving their goal, you go, yep, cool. It's awesome. Yeah. So um, I'm very fortunate. I I still love my job. I hope everyone else still loves their job. Um, But yeah, I, I still come out of session sometimes and, you know, go home to my wife and go, that was, that was amazing. That was a really good day. I, I really enjoyed that. So, yeah. So cool. That's amazing. Tegan, thanks so much for your time. It's been really cool to chat. Goodness, Joe. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Baselines. If you enjoyed the show, please hit follow and leave a rating and a review. My single purpose for making this podcast is that it helps us, the music therapists of today, to think clearly and carefully about what we do. I hope today's episode has given you something valuable to consider for your work and your practice.